this morning uh, i've titled my talk uh, keep watch uh, when we read the passage it will be very clear as to why i titled that uh, let me start off with a story uh, on a cold winter day a man walked out onto a frozen lake uh, to to go fishing he cut out a hole in the ice and he dropped this fishing line he was almost there for like an hour uh, without even a nibble not even one fish caught on to his hook a little while later a young boy walked out onto the ice not too far from him he cut a hole in the ice and he dropped his line within minutes he caught a fish the old man couldn't believe his eyes he thought ah, i just probably just like plain luck or something shortly thereafter the the boy pulled out one more catch and fish after fish started coming and and uh, after after a couple of minutes this this old man who who still wasn't able to get any fish uh, he couldn't take it any further and he went to this uh, this young boy and he said son i've been here for an hour for even more than an hour without a nibble you've been here only a few minutes and yet you've you you caught half a dozen fish how did you do it the young boy responded grass root river grass raw what was that the old man asked just as how we are probably shocked again the boy responded grass root river grass raw look said the old man i can't understand a word you're saying what are you saying the boy spits the contents of his mouth onto his hands and said you have to keep the worms warm you have to keep the worms warm now as followers of jesus all of us are called to do the same thing in the here and now we are called to show the light of jesus and prepare for his coming but if we look around some of us are doing it better than others some of us are enjoying this journey a lot more than probably we are but if we have to be honest all of us are doing a poor job on various degrees in preparing for jesus coming all of us are doing a poor job in varying degrees now why do we even need to prepare if you're if this is your first time in a church you might ask why do we even need to prepare for jesus coming i mean if we look at the state of the broken world around us we all of us would agree that we are just a call away to the aliens and say come come now this is the time invade like take over humans are not humans are incapable come just take over because instinctively our hearts know that this is not the ideal state of the world this is broken and and because there is that longing for perfection it is clear that we were created for a perfect world and jesus has promised us of this perfect world so that's why as followers of jesus we are waiting our hearts are longing we know that there is a lot of brokenness in us and around us but we're waiting for jesus to come and make things perfect so the passage we're looking at this morning today it gives a good framework as to how jesus wants us 
to prepare for this as to how jesus wants us to prepare for this we we'll, we we'll look at a very famous parable from the bible it will come up for us on the screen i'll read it for us at that time the kingdom of heaven this is jesus talking at that time the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom five of them were foolish and five were wise the foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them the wise ones however took oil in jars along with their lamps the bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep at midnight the cry rang out here's the bridegroom come out to meet him then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps the foolish ones said to the wise give us some of your oil our lamps are going out no they replied there may not be enough for both of us and you instead go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves but while they were on their way to buy the oil the bridegroom arrived the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut later the others came lord lord they said open the door for us he replied truly i tell you i don't know you therefore keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour therefore keep watch allow me to just pray before we start father we want to thank you because even as we read this passage we know for a fact that what we see in this world is not ultimate what we are preparing for is not another broken state but you are coming you as you are coming as a bridegroom to take us as your bride into a perfect world a world devoid of any sin or imperfection or brokenness and even as we dive into this passage holy spirit would you speak to each of us each of us are on our various journeys would you speak to us at our points of need and would you help us see why running to jesus is all that we can do today is the best thing that we can do today speak to us in your name we pray jesus amen amen now couple of pointers before we start parables in the bible when jesus tells stories they are usually said or told to make one single point everything we read in that parable needs to be read in the context of understanding that one single point right so couple of things this parable is not about it talks about 10 virgins but it's not about virginity right to that extent it's talking a lot about a wedding it's 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 not even about a wedding even though it talks about it in great detail the main point of this parable is in verse 13 where it says keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour 
that is the main point of this parable and we're going to uh, dive into this parable to see how jesus wants us to keep watch here's how the 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 framework of the of the talk is going to go jesus talks about two different kinds of people waiting one is the foolish ones and the other one is the wise ones so we're going to look at the foolish way secondly we're going to look at the wise way and the, thirdly we're going to be looking at the key to keeping watch right the foolish way the wise way and the key to keeping watch let's dive straight in the foolish way i want to make three observations here firstly the foolish ones also had lamps right they were on the job for casting light and preparing the way for the return of the bridegroom to his wife so this passage is talking about people who seem christian to all outward appearances and are probably even part of a church but probably haven't had an experience of seeing their own mess and seeing their own sinfulness and had a personal experience of wanting to be saved by Jesus and enjoying his salvation their lamps even though they were carrying were empty no oil now as as followers of Jesus i want us to be assured of our salvation this is guaranteed once we put our faith in Jesus he is the author and perfecter of our salvation right he i know we see a lot of brokenness and mess in us but jesus is the one who started the salvation work he will see us through so i want to be i want us to be sure of our salvation but now due to indwelling sin in us which he is slowly day by day working on and transforming us we tend to display these foolish traits in our daily living right i want us to be assured of our salvation but due to the indwelling sin we tend to display these foolish traits which jesus is working on so this 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 talk today is an invitation for us to see these foolish traits right jesus is calling us that's the first observation second the virgins knew that it was going to be a long night verse 5 says the bridegroom was a long time in coming jesus makes it very clear that the time between his first and second coming is going to be long at least in human years this is the lengthened period of grace for people to respond to him and his work because they knew that the bridegroom was a long time in coming the wise ones were prepared with extra oil they foresaw and prepared for this but the foolish ones didn't now as followers of jesus how are we seeing this time before jesus coming are we in it for the long haul are we preparing for a marathon or are we preparing for like a 100 meter dash and as people who can't take the length of the night that's ahead of us now today from instant maggi to instant biryani everything has become instant in our lives 
what used to be a six day game of cricket is now become a three hour affair because people want instant if it's not instant it's ancient that's the present day mantra i don't want this if it's not instant it's ancient i'm afraid to say this has taken over our faith lives as well we want an instant blessing instant relief from pain if god doesn't respond us in the eta that we set for him we tend to lose our faith somewhere in this craving for instant things we forgot that our god is eternal his plans are from eternity to eternity he has no beginning and no end to give us an idea the bible that we hold in our hands spans about 4000 plus years from genesis to revelation we have barely lived through half that time post the writing of that last book since we are worshiping this eternal god who is transforming us and and is working uh, to transform us into his image let's face ourselves let's prepare for the long haul let's not get into this instant faith instant things we will be foolish doing that that's the second observation the third observation is the foolish ones were also aware that the wise ones were carrying oil the foolish ones were also aware it says in verse 8 the foolish ones said to the wise give us some of your oil our lamps are going out now while we are called to prepare together for christ's return as a community we cannot solely ride on the preparation of others we need to individually prepare as well it needs to be a combination of both we need to individually prepare but in the context of community now how does this play out when we meet together we enjoy being blessed by others and receiving from others but do not come prepared to give do not come prepared to bless we want to ride off on another person's preparation second thing the only spiritual experience that we have is what we enjoy together in community that's our only experience of jesus we do not have a personal and ongoing individual experience of it if we took an inventory of this first month in january of 2021 and see the amount of time we spent with jesus how much of it was by ourselves and how much of it was in community in, in the context of a sunday setting we need don't get me wrong we need a good balance of both our time in community must energize us to spend time alone with jesus our time alone with jesus must prepare us for our time together in community it needs to go hand in hand we cannot ride off another person's preparation that is foolish those are the three foolish observations 
The second thing we look at is what is what then is the wise way of preparing? How do we how do we keep watch? The obvious answer is, of course, set our hearts on Jesus and keep preparing spiritually, emotionally, physically, and in every way for Christ's return. But what specifics does this passage tell us or give us insight into? If we look at verse five, it says, "The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep." Jesus doesn't say the foolish ones slept, but the wise ones stayed awake. He says all of them slept. Now one would think the wisest way is to stay awake whole night, keep watch, right? But the wise ones also slept. But when the call came, when the bride that the bridegroom is here. they were ready unlike the foolish ones now a lot of these christian movies uh like like i don't know if you watched them the thief in the night and stuff like that portray this to be a very scary affair hey you better watch out or you'll miss jesus the surety of our salvation is completely out of the picture you better watch out it almost encourages an attitude of wanting to stop everything that else that we're doing in life and just wait fix our eyes on heaven jesus come we stop everything that we do hey this is not what this passage is suggesting this is not what jesus is suggesting the wise ones also slept so how does keeping watch work in our day and age how does it work in our culture it doesn't mean that we stop doing everything keeping watch doesn't mean that we stop doing everything and put all our focus on spiritual things it means that we start doing everything that we do as a spiritual thing as unto lord jesus it doesn't mean that we stop doing everything and put all our focus on spiritual things it means we start doing everything that we do as a spiritual thing as unto lord jesus the wise ones even while sleeping kept the oil next to them unlike the foolish ones who didn't know where their oil would come from the wise ones even in their sleeping slept in the posture of waiting for jesus and keeping watch allow me to give this illustration to bring this home closer i am reminded of how these olympic athletes prepare Olympics happens once in 4 years right but they do everything in those 4 years with that medal in mind yeah with that one race one match in mind when when uh when they when they prepare when they when they uh, train they have that medal in mind when they eat food they have that medal in mind when they are when they are craving for junk food in that moment like all of us do that medal kicks them out of that foolishness every day morning that medal pushes them out of bed every day they are encouraged to give their body healthy pain to stay in shape for that medal 
everything that they do is with that medal in mind. Hey, this is how we ought to prepare and live our lives. Just as the wise virgins had their oils full of jar, even while they were sleeping, we ought to do everything with that eternity in perspective. Actually, a good example of it is our ongoing, uh, the renewal of work interviews. If you've been following us over the past couple of weeks, the, the fifth question, the last question in that interview says, how does your work today point you to that perfect world when Jesus comes back? Now, I know we don't have perfect answers. The Bible doesn't give us perfect answers, but what it is designed to do is force us out of this narrow-sighted bubble of the here and now and help us see our work in the light of eternity. We are called to do everything. We are called to see everything in this world through that lens. Our working, our resting, our playing, our partying in the lens of eternity. This is faithful watching. This is how Jesus wants us to watch. Not be scared. Always look to heaven. God, you'll come today. I'll be left out. No, our salvation is sure. Let's fix our eyes and do everything as a spiritual thing, as unto Lord Jesus. Now, what is the key to keeping watch? What makes this watching easier? We see that in verse 13. This is the last point for us. We see that in verse 13. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Therefore, keep watch. Here's the thing. The key to keeping watch is save every date. I know that our earthly weddings have a date and they give issue a save the date for us. But this eternal wedding, Jesus says, you do not know the day or the hour. So let's save every day. The wise virgins, even though they knew that the bridegroom was a long time in coming, they were prepared as though he could arrive any second. That's why they had that oil with him. They knew he was a long time in coming, but they were prepared as though he could come in the next second. I always wonder, would it have helped if God set a date and told us, hey, this is the day, I'm coming on this day, prepare. Did you wonder? I always did. But friends, if that was true, history tells us a different story. Whenever anyone set a date on Jesus' return, you can read up plenty of examples. It never ended well. People responded in foolish ways. They stopped working, sold off all their possessions, and, and they responded in various foolish ways. And history has multiple examples to prove when a date was set, people have always responded in a foolish way. Friends, God in his sovereign plan has not revealed the timing of his second coming so that we are filled with a longing for him instead of a desire to control the outcome. 
in his sovereign plan he has revealed he has not revealed the timing of his second coming so that what we are filled with is a longing for him instead of a desire to just merely control the outcome if we knew the date of jesus arrival in our foolishness we will not enjoy his grace every moment because we will postpone it till that last moment it's our foolishness the lack of knowledge of the date and time must make a difference in how we live our lives in the here and now enjoying his grace every moment living in that state of wonder every moment that's the only preparation we can have that's the only preparation enjoy his grace every moment so how do we enjoy his grace every moment now an understanding of how marriage worked in those days will help us understand this better so in those days the bridegroom would come to the bride's house and he would pay a bride price now if you're wondering what a bride price is it's a reverse dowry system instead of the wife side giving money to the groom the groom would come he would pay a sum and he says i am committed to this woman it was called betrothal if you're from a christian setting you would understand this word it's betrothal it's different from engagement in an engagement you express an intention to marry the person in a betrothal you express your commitment to marry the person you pay a price and then you say i'm committed to this person so when in this and and then after that he would go back to his father's house he would prepare a room for his bride and then he would come back for the wedding and take her back now this time of waiting after the betrothal after this commitment is where we are living before the wedding now in this time the brides would often take comfort in the fact that my bridegroom has paid the price for me he is betrothed to me that would help them keep the wedding alive that would help them in the waiting friends this morning are you tired of the waiting are you tired of the waiting let's remember our bridegroom who has paid the bride price with his own life to say i am committed to this bride jesus paid the bride price and he is betrothed to us centuries before jesus lived a prophet actually prophesied this he said uh, in in hosea chapter 2 he talks about the messiah and says he quotes him and he says i will betroth you to me forever yes i will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice in loving kindness and mercy i will betroth you to me in faithfulness and you shall know the lord centuries later jesus fulfilled this he paid the price with his own life he paid the bride price and he said i am now betrothed to you the more we enjoy our betrothal to jesus in his death and resurrection the more we are prepared for his arrival as our bridegroom the more we enjoy the betrothal the more 
we are prepared for his arrival as a bridegroom. In fact, we did that this morning. When we sang the song in Christ alone, when you see the beautiful flow of the song, in verses 2 and 3, it, it actually celebrates that uh, Jesus' betrothal to us in his death and his resurrection. And then it ends with verse 4, beautiful verse 4, which, which expresses our waiting, our watching. And it says, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. Till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ I'll stand. What is the power of Christ? The power of Christ is his death and resurrection. The power of Christ here is that he is betrothed to us. We are his and he is ours. There is no fact that can change that. The more we enjoy this betrothal, the more we are prepared for his coming. Hence this morning, are you tired of this waiting? Are you tired of this waiting? Can we do this simple thing? Let's save every date for this wedding. Let's save every date. We do not know the day or the hour. But let's keep this wedding alive in our hearts. I still remember uh, during, during our wedding, during the worship time when, when uh, the worship team sang the song In Christ Alone, I was experiencing this beautiful earthly occasion in my life of being married to my wife. But in that moment, I couldn't help my eyes, I was bawling, thinking of that beautiful day, that ultimate wedding when he would come and take us back home and nothing can separate us from that. What I was experiencing then was just a pointer to that wedding. When we actually let the Holy Spirit do this in our hearts, friends, there is no disappointment in this earth that can crush us. Or there is no success or highlight on this earth that can push us over the top. Our hearts will be captured by our bridegroom and his wedding. And that is the best posture to live this time in. Would you save every date? And if you're not a follower of Jesus and you're merely exploring Jesus this morning, if you look at that verse, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. Hmm. Only Jesus can give us this because he paid the price for this. He paid the price for your mess and mine. Would you want to be betrothed to this bridegroom, to this savior? Allow me to just close us in prayer. Father, uh, there are plenty of moments in this day-to-day -day living 
that I myself grow tired and weary in the waiting. I am not even actually proactively waiting in that sense. I'm just going through life indifferent. And that is causing me to be overwhelmed. That is causing me to, to, uh, to feel crushed by everything that the world is throwing at me. Lord, I'm doing a terrible job waiting for you. I'm doing a terrible job. My heart is not filled with the longing for you to come and take me as your bride. Lord, Holy Spirit, would you take control? Would you help me prepare? Would you help me keep this wedding alive in my heart? Would you keep this bridegroom alive in my heart? When I go through the worst moments during my day, would you help me process it in the light of eternity? When I celebrate my success, when you, would you help me process it in the light of eternity? May my heart be captured by my bridegroom alone and nothing else. We worship you, Holy Spirit. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you for doing this for us. Our hearts belong to you alone. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen.